Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert and on this channel we talk Kanye West. And today we are doing a good old-fashioned Kanye West news rundown. It's been a little while as I've been making shorter, more focused videos, but today we are going to run through all the tabs you see up top there. And we're starting off with this Larsa Pippen story. So Larsa Pippen, uh, I believe the ex of one Bulls great Scottie Pippen, has been friends with the Kardashians for a little bit. And you may remember back in, what, July, Kanye tweeted Larsa with that face. And it was during his post-South Carolina campaign rally period where he was going on some tweet storms and people were like, is Kanye okay? Is he not okay? What's he upset about? And he's saying like cryptic stuff like this. Like you can see at the bottom, like he's talking about MJ and like they killed MJ and come and get me because he was upset about Kim wanting to send a doctor to look at Kanye and he was upset at Kris Jenner. So when he tweets about Larsa, uh, people were kind of confused. Like, was he like, going to spill tea? Was he like going to say something bad about her? Was he saying like, after talking about divorcing Kim, is he saying like, you know, maybe I'll talk to Larsa. There was very, a few different ways you could take such a cryptic tweet. And after that, it seemed the Kardashian family kind of uh, decoupled from Larsa, right? They had followed, unfollowed her on Instagram, and it seemed that they had backed away from her. And there was a little bit of social media conversation about it in the weeks and months that followed. And now Larsa finally gave an interview where she detailed more about what was happening and how she felt about all of that. So she talks about seeing Tristan before Chloe was seeing Tristan and that she actually introduced them. But then when they started dating, she was just like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> and then she talks about Kanye and says, Kanye used to call me at four, five, and six o'clock in the morning. I was a person which, you know, people that have worked with Kanye have talked about him calling or texting at all hours of the nights. So that's not surprising. I was a person that would take his calls when he wanted to rant. I would listen to him. I would be like, I love you. You're the best. Things will get better. I was his go-to person to call when he wasn't happy with X, Y, and Z. Maybe because I blocked him on my phone because I couldn't bear taking his calls anymore. I can't. I'm drained. So I blocked him on my phone. Obviously, that really upset him. So turned that into, oh, she's this and she's that. The Kardashians all started to ride his wave. If you're that easily swayed like the wind, then do I really give, should I give a, I don't know, was I hurt by it? Yes, but at the same time, I'm like, I've done nothing, I've done nothing, I've never done one thing, I've been the most honest and truthful best friend to all of them, which is strange to me because it's just like, I get Kanye calling you at four, five, and six in the morning, it could be exhausting, especially as we saw with Kanye and Joe Rogan, Kanye likes to have a symphony of thoughts and if you're just sitting there listening for an hour two hours or however long and you know that can be fine but at a certain point it can get exhausting i've been that person for a lot of people and it gets exhausting um at the same time like blocking kanye at that point does seem a bit drastic like if you're friendly with someone to the point where you're going to listen to all of this would you really go to the extreme to just like block them? <laughs> like, did she not talk with him? Did she not like warn him? And then to like straight up block him and then not understand why he's upset about it and not understand why the other Kardashians might think that it's a little bit of a, 
a wrong way to go about things. I don't know. It just feels kind of like a, a weird situation. And she talks about, uh, I think it was in another article or something else. She had talked about uh, just Kanye kind of brainwashing them and the Kardashians taking his side. So maybe that's just part of it. Like Larsa, you know her, she's been causing you to do this. Is this her that had you like try to get me committed? I, I don't know, but it seems like Kanye and Larsa are at a point where they have some beef, which sheds a little bit more light into those tweets right there. But there was an interesting story in here where, uh, <laughs> according to Larsa, she knew Kim's marriage to Chris Humphreys was doomed. The couple who wed in 2011 infamously called it quits 72 day, after 72 days of marriage. Kanye saw me at a game and said, hey, I want to be with her. So Larsa and Kim go back like a while, right? Because this would be 2010, 2011. And I called her when she was engaged to Chris Humphreys and was like, you can't marry Chris. You got to be with Kanye. (laughs) Like I was there throughout the whole thing. Larsa said before recalling that Kim wanted Scotty to help her meet Humphreys. She called me and Scotty and asked us to set her up with him. And Scotty said, no way. Scotty was like, nope. And she did it anyway, which is low key kind of funny because I feel like most people never understood that. And Kanye especially did not understand that. It was very upset by it. So there's that. And then here you have a King Brud dude on What's Up Ever saying spotted right now in Calabasas. And you can see it is a legion of Jesus tanks out and about in Calabasas. Why they're there, who knows? Uh, You know, these things have gone from Wyoming to Atlanta, now all the way to Calabasas, or maybe these are some that were just in uh, Wyoming and have brought been brought over to Calabasas. But I don't know if they're going to the Yeezy Christian Academy property, if they're going somewhere else. And this is going to be part of a a music video or performance. If Kanye's just selling them, (laughs) Uh, we don't know. There'll probably be a lot of speculation about what this could mean. But until we have any inkling in any direction, it's kind of hard to read what this could be about. Last time we saw these transferred, it was to Atlanta. And it did seem like, you know, this was part of something with Yeezy Gap. There's all this Yeezy Gap clothing there now. Okay, like there's a model posing with it. But we also know that Kanye gave one of these to 2 chains, So maybe he's just looking to give some of them away now. Even Boo, even though Kanye was in Wyoming recently for the election, Boo talked about in an interview that it seemed like Wyoming was no longer home base. He kind of made it sound like it was secondary or even tertiary. He's like, you know, we still have property in Wyoming, but Atlanta's going to be the hub. So I do wonder if there's maybe some getting rid of things that were more Wyoming based than not. Uh, So there's that. And then here, uh, Kanye West was the biggest songwriter in the U.S. in quarter three with 39 certifications. I didn't know what this meant at first. (laughs) I thought it meant that like Kanye had songwriting credits on 39 new songs. And I was like, how have I missed all of that? (laughs) Like, all of that what's that mean so i thought there was going to be like a lot of juice in here like there was going to be something great that we could dive into and then it just turns out that a lot of kanye tracks just got certification so during july august and september there were 1775 gold platinum multi-platinum certifications and kanye west was the top songwriter with 39 little wayne had 25 and you can see here that 
where was it? Little Baby was the top in quarter one. J. Cole was the top in quarter two with 21. And then here it says the MPA president and CEO, David Israelite. What a weird name. As the country continues to endure the effects of COVID-19, blah, blah, blah. Kanye West's enormous number of certifications for songs like Love Lockdown, Heartless, Power, and Good Life, all of which were certified three times multi-platinum and above, prove that iconic songs endure even through a crisis. And that's all the information that we got. So apparently those, what, one, two, three, four, four songs, as well as 35 others (laughs) ended up getting certification. But it just shows that Kanye music continues to uh, do well in the streaming era and continue to chart, continue to get plays. And I guess like this has to be one of the, the best months for that ever for Kanye. So despite how wild this summer has been for him when it comes to the kind of good and negative publicity he's been getting clearly like clearly it's been good for his music and just how many people have been listening to his music i mean like little baby just with 22 and 21 i wonder what this is typically like like how many artists get 39 certifications in a quarter? Do some get 50? Do some get less? Like, what's the highest that Drake's gotten, for example, right? Hmm. Curious, but good on Kanye, you know? <laughs> uh, and then we also have here, which I'm not going to subscribe to the Star Tribune, the Minneapolis newspaper. Sorry. Like, I want to give you all information, but... I'm not going to go that far. Uh, But you can see here the headline, rapper Kanye West racks up his second highest vote total in Minnesota. So it's just kind of talking a little bit about how Tennessee Kanye got the most votes, which was 10,000. But Minnesota, he got the second most. So it seems like there are a lot of wavy people in Minnesota. So I just wanted to say a quick shout out to MN and, you know, go Timberwolves and go Vikings I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, so, you know, Twins, (sighs) Nelson Cruz breaks my heart all the time because he just continually smashes home runs and does well against the Indians, but, you know, I'm happy for Twins fans. Baseball's painful. (laughs) And then here we have an article from the Foundation for Economic Education, what Kanye West gets right and wrong about wealth, economics, and the power of innovation by Grayson Quay. And I thought this was kind of fascinating because a lot of the Joe Rogan articles focused more on how Kanye spoke, right? Not necessarily what he spoke about, or we're just focused on the political aspects and being like, oh, Kanye said this, ha ha ha. Or could you believe that Kanye maybe thought this? It's just really dramatic clickbait kind of things. This is one of the few articles I've seen somebody post that actually looked at what Kanye said and thought, I'm going to apply 10 seconds of thought to figuring out what he meant by this and where he's coming from for it or with it. And, you know, actually take it as an intelligent point and what that means and work through it, which I thought the article was very well done. And even though uh, Grayson here, identifies as a conservative and realizes that Kanye's points tend to be more uh, progressive in nature rather than conservative in nature or even challenge the conservative uh, way of going about things. 
doesn't reject it outright, right, as just like a bad thing, but just kind of takes an intelligent step back and says, all right, so I get why I wouldn't like this or this might not appeal to me, but I get why it would appeal to Kanye and what good this could do. So this article, uh, really good, definitely worth the read. Uh, And you can see here kind of what I was talking about, about parsing out what Kanye said. So you can see here, uh, this independent creative pro-market spirit was on full display in Kanye's October 24th conversation with Joe Rogan. Uh, The nearly three-hour interview, which consisted of several long stream-of-consciousness Kanye monologues uh, that Rogan barely interrupted, did not convince me that Kanye's calling is to be the leader of the free world. It did, however, make it very clear to me that he's onto something. At least I think so. It can be hard to tell. So here you get all of this. I asked a rhetorical question about the dumbest question I've ever asked. I said, well, you know, how much does the earth cost? We can't buy it. We couldn't make enough money to buy the earth, right? So that means we made money. So if money is the key to all people's happiness and will solve everything and everyone's doing things for money, let's just make more money. But it's not about making more money. It's about keeping poor people poor and rich people rich and people keeping people in their place. And right now we're experiencing the fall of Rome or the Titanic has now hit a glacier. And there's people who would prefer to go down with the Titanic than to get on a lifeboat because they don't want seawater on their dress or their nice outfit. People are so programmed and brainwashed into classism and protectionism that it's difficult for people to embrace innovation. There's a lot to unpack here, Grayson says, which, yes. But Kanye's first point hinges on how we interpret the phrase, that means we made money. If you read it as that means we made money, i.e. money isn't real, then Kanye could use a lesson in basic monetary theory. And to be fair, it seems like that's what Kanye means. But if we read it as that means we made money, we created value, Kanye's statement becomes economically sound and far more consistent with his focus on entrepreneurship. If he speaks disparagingly of money at times, it's because he understands that money isn't an end in itself. It's a way to track the creation of value. And that's what the piece kind of goes on to discuss is this idea of Kanye's view on value creation and what it means to create more value against where we're currently at. So definitely, definitely, if you're checking out like one of these things that I linked to, this would be the one to check out. Uh, What else? Uh, Here we have the Hawkeye, which I don't even know what this is. It's bphawkeye.org. I'm pretty sure this is like a high school. Yeah, okay. It's the student news of Bethel Park High School, right? And Nathan Yoder here wrote this very nice article. You can see he's a junior (laughs) at Bethel Park High School. He plans on attending college to study gender studies. He wants to study this because it is something that he is. Nice. So here we have Kanye West legacy, and it's just like a, a long ode to Kanye's legacy and how awesome Kanye is, which this is an article I can fully get behind. We can see here, just to uh, touch on Yeezus, next on Ye's discography is Yeezus. It was the most critically acclaimed album of 2013 and managed to top 18 lists and polls and ranked 13th on Rolling Stone's 100 Best Albums of 2010s. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. The Life of Pablo is the next album to come out. It had many hit singles like Ultra Light Beam, Famous, and Father Stretch My Hand. Uh hands when this album came out Kanye had a vision with his tour the St. Pablo tour had a floating stage that moved around the audience members some say the tour is the best concert of all time I say that could have directly quoted me uh his other albums yay kids see ghosts and Jesus is king are all critically acclaimed albums as well and you can see concludes with 
Kanye West has written a defining legacy by simply being his own person. He is an artist who will be remembered and discussed for generations to come. And yeah, you know, you're already having these different generations put focus on Kanye's legacy already with me in my like early 30s age range, Nathan being a junior in high school. And I feel like there's going to be that next wave of people that are younger than Nathan that will be writing similar articles when they're on the high school paper. So good on Nathan. You know, this is a good use of ink. And then here, uh, also kind of, I don't know, a follow-up on things that we don't typically get follow-ups on. So you may remember that Kanye donated a lot of money to Jamal Bryant's birth missionary Baptist church. Jamal Bryant's new birth missionary Baptist church. Uh, So Kanye donated like a big gift in October 2019, shortly after announcing he'd become a born-again Christian. And so the pastor at that church ended up making a gift uh, in Kanye's name to Morris Brown College, which is a historically black college that ended up losing its like charter to be a school (laughs) due to mismanagement and other issues. And it is, I'm pretty sure it was saying the first HBCU to get re, uh, chartered or reordained or whatever it is uh, to just be able to be a college again and Kanye's money helped with that so that's pretty awesome to see um good looking to Morris Brown College uh for getting its shit together you know (laughs) um we're now walking and breathing again now it's time to go to the next level West donated to the church yada 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 NBC started in 1881 as a resolution by the African method a Methodist Episcopal Church, America's first African-American de- denomination. That's interesting. To establish an educational institution in Atlanta, Morris Brown Colored College opened in 1885 as the first school in Georgia owned and operated independently by black people. Uh, the college had 2,500 students when the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools revoked its accreditation. That's the word, accreditation, (laughs) Uh, due to the institution's shaky finances. In 2004, a U.S. attorney filed a 34-count indictment against former President Dolores Cross and ex-financial aid director Parvish Singh for submitting falsified enrollment reports to gain federal money for covering shortfalls in other areas of the school. That's a no-no. That's a no-no. Since the wrongdoing benefited the college, not themselves, the two did not go to jail, but served several years of probation, house arrest, as well as making some restitution. That's good. Without federal loan and grant dollars, NBC enrollment suddenly fell to a low of 25. James said Tuesday in an online news availability hosted by the Christian Recorder, the AME's official news outlet. But there are now 53 students enrolled at the Atlanta-based school, he said, all taking classes on the internet uh, due to COVID. Not only has the school secured full operating authority from the state, but is also targeting federally approved accreditation in April 2021 from the Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools. Why did they have to get accreditation from... Huh. Trax is an evangelical agency that holds to the verbal inspiration of scripture. Began in 1979 to promote the welfare, interest, and development of post-secondary institutions whose mission is characterized by a distinctly Christian purpose. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Um, So the college is back. So if you're in Atlanta and you want to go to an HBCU, uh, Morris Brown might be the one for you. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's actually 
I'm kind of surprised that I didn't come across it. And now I want to find just one last bonus thing. It was this video of Kanye uh, in Cody taking a, a video of this kid. Where is it? Top. I know this is riveting, right? <laughs> Are we going to see it? Are we going to see it? Nope. Okay, well... Kanye was in Wyoming and he was in some restaurant and a guy was like playing guitar and you look over and you see Kanye just sitting there recording the guy on his phone. So I, when you listen to the lyrics the guy was playing, it was stuff about like being free and that he's free and he won't be held down by anyone. I was like, oh, I get why this appeals to Kanye, but cool just to see him like out and about in Wyoming recording some like random guy playing guitar. But that's it for this video. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the Kanye news. Uh fest that we just ran through if you're enjoying the channel and you want to support it, the easiest way is liking subscribing commenting as those things tell youtube this is a channel people enjoy and they show it to more people which is very helpful and then we have our podcast watching the throne a lyrical analysis of kanye west where we do the deepest and best lyrical deconstruction of kanye's uh discography it will change forever how you listen to kanye's music so you can find episodes on itunes spotify title we'll shortly be on and then uh the full archive and catalog is available on patreon just patreon.com slash kanye podcast and that's it for today until next time stay wavy and keep it loopy cheers everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.